Hello, it's Simcha Cohen. It's 8 o'clock on Wednesday night, and we are on a show. And we are here to talk to you, and you are here to talk to us. And our call-in number is 718-683-5858, And I wanted to talk about what your funniest story from camp was. What's your funniest camp story? you got to have some funny stories. I mean, yeah, I had, like, some very funny stories. But if you want to call in and tell a funny story from camp, you can call in call 718 718- Six eight three five eight five eight. Of course, discretion advised. We don't want to divulge any secrets about getting anybody in trouble, but we're looking for funny camp stories. Um, I'm trying to think about like what's the funniest camp story that I, I don't know. What's the funniest camp story I ever had? Um, I don't know. I had a bunch of good ones, but uh, I think one time I was I was punished, and I had to run bases, and I, I ran into the forest. <laughs> and then it took them like 10 minutes to realize I was in the forest. And then they uh, were chasing after me. They, they come find me. Yeah. Ended up going back to bed. But anyways, the number is 786-835-858. And we're getting ready for the summer. And we got day camp. We got sleepaway camp. We got things to talk about. So uh, we're going to be taking some calls over here. Um, if you want to call. If you don't call, then we won't be taking your calls. Because we can't take your call if you don't call. It's pretty, pretty, very brilliant assessment. Um, <laughs> there's regents, there's finals, there's all this other stuff. You know what? What does a person have to think about when they go in to take the regents? So the truth is, the truth is, what the advice I give people when they're about to take the regents is, if you did well during the school year, then you're probably going to do well on your regents, and you're going to cram and cram and cram. But intelligence doesn't just go out your nose before you take a test. The thing that really affects testing is nervousness. So you get nervous, and then when you get nervous, then you make mistakes. But if you just won't be nervous, and you let your brain kick in, and you go with what you know, then you probably would do well. Also, also, generally when you guess on things, or, or if, if you just like, if you want to change an answer, it's generally not a good idea to change an answer, because your first impression is generally correct because it banks on your depth of knowledge but uh i am a very bad test taker i really didn't do well on tests i didn't like tests um i, I used to like i i used to say well 50 percent of the material is not bad <laughs> but um i used to like totally totally bug out on tests as a matter of fact i had one professor who after i took a test the first test in her class she asked me to go out for coffee. And I was like, Yates, what do I want to go out for coffee with the professor for? Like, you know, like not exactly my cup of tea or coffee. Anyways, so for a half hour, we're sitting there and we're talking and she's talking and talking. Of course, she's talking psychology because that's what she does because she's a psychologist and a professor of psychology. So what would she be talking about? Uh, 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 botany? Well, that's plants. No. Anyways, after coffee, which was actually pretty good. She said, you just got 100 on your exam. I said, what are you talking about? She showed me my written exam, and my written exam, I got a 40. But she asked me all the questions out loud, verbally, in a conversation, I got them all right. She says, you know the material, but you just don't know how to pull it out of paper. And so that's me and test taking. So I'm wondering what kids are thinking about taking tests. They're stressed. You know, by the way, stressed and test are, uh, they rhyme. Do you know stressed and test rhymes? But anyways, 
The number is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. That's the call-in number. Um, now, let me explain to you. When you call in, you pick up a phone, and you press the buttons, and then you hold on the phone, and you wait till someone picks up. That is how we call dial phones. So just in case anybody out there listening doesn't know how to do it, I'm going to explain it to you again. You just press the buttons on the phone and say 718-683-5858. Someone picks up and you get a chance to talk to me. And that makes you very lucky because it's very not fun to talk to me, isn't it? I think so. <laughs> Anyways. So, I'm asking for funny camp stories or not so funny camp stories. I don't know. Um, I had I had some very good camp stories also. I think that I became a learning Rebbe, and I realized I was a good teacher in camp because I was a camp driver, and I was sitting and learning, and I saw one kid just roaming around. I asked him, why are you roaming around? He said I was kicked out of learning group. So I felt bad for him. So I said, you want to learn? He said, not really. I said, but you want to learn anyways? So we learned, and it actually was quite enjoyable for both of us. And then... What happened was, before I know it, another kid showed up and another kid showed up. And like I had 28 kids that were thrown out of learning groups ended up in my learning group. And then I realized, you know what, maybe I am a, a Rebbe. And I didn't realize it. And that's when I became a Rebbe. I realized I was not just a camp driver, I was a Rebbe. But, um, but I, I actually became a camp driver because I liked to drive. I just got my license. It was an excuse to drive a lot. So I drove a lot. Anyways, um, we're talking about regents, about tests, about finals, about summer plans, about all the trips that the schools are cramming in, graduation trips. Anybody graduating out there, I'd love to hear what you're doing next year. Graduating high school, graduating elementary school, middle school, whatever. I have two graduations in my family this year. I have a high school graduation and I have a middle school graduation. And it's it's very exciting. It's very exciting. That means two nights of like 25 speeches each. I have two graduation also. Yeah, also. But it's one night. It's one night. Oh, <laughs> you, you have twins. Ah. <laughs> so I, uh, I, will, I will have two graduations in a while, but uh, but not, not, not yet. I mean, we, we have like two Chumash plays and two, two Sitter plays and all this other stuff. But, um, but anyways... So, I mean, I'm wondering what other summer plans people have. There's some really awesome day camps in Brooklyn, you know? Some, like, really good day camps. Give kids a really good time. I think that a lot of my friends that stay here and send to day camp, really, kids enjoy themselves. I mean, I, I think that I, I would rather, if I was a kid, I'd rather stay here, go to camp, come home to my regular bed, my regular stuff. I don't know. Maybe not. I, I don't know. I, I like I like Ashreyosh Betecha a little bit, you know. Welcome to the club. Yeah, I think it's much better. I went to camp one year when I was a kid. It was not an enjoyable experience. I want to tell you that uh, most of my kids, I said most of this, <laughs> really enjoy camp. Sleep away. Really, really. And... But uh, you know, I see, I see the other side also. That uh, my kids live for camp. Yeah, I have yeah, to yeah. tell you, 
this that I have to give and I'm I have to tell you that I happen to have one camp that I love and for many many different reasons and I've sent all my kids to this camp and it's Camp Romumu and I have to tell you that the camp is run so well on every level and I had I had issues because I needed special favors and I can tell you, it was amazing that everything that everything that was just to focus on the kid, whatever the kid needs, whatever is best for the kid, I was very, 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 very happy. And 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 you know what? When you run a camp like that, it's very tough. Sometimes some decisions aren't so popular. And you know, in some kids, it's a tough camp to have rules and regulations. And not all of my kids like followed the rules all the time. But the truth is, that's what I want in a camp. It's very, it's a very excellent camp, and they have the best grounds. I see, I think that uh, every, every, you know, it depends on the the kids uh, how they can the camps. You know, it's yeah. very, very interesting to see because I know that my kids was in a camp and they didn't enjoy, and then they moved to another camp and enjoy very, very much. And I, I think that uh, I look at the camps as part of, uh, I would uh, recharging batteries. And let them just uh, rewind themselves, you know. And this is like something that's very, very important to understand. From uh, most of the camps, understanding this, most of the, some some camps, unfortunately, uh, uh, it's it's an art to be able to have the fun and the relaxation and the recharging with structure. That's the fun. That's it. to be able to have structure. So Romo keeps them so busy with activities and everything. So in Mamela, there's structure. Yeah. That there's no downtime. And it's a brilliant thing. He has so many things going on. So there's never any downtime. Yeah. Any time. Except for kids to just be sitting and doing nothing. My kids now, they're basically going to uh, bon, uh, Bonim. Bonim? Yeah. Uh, bonim. 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 Yeah. Bonim. yeah. And half uh, of the summer, and then after summer, the zone. Ah, uh, the zone. Oh, uh, this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have one kid. I have a kid that's going to yeshiva. He want my senior wants to go for this man, wants to sit and learn, which I'm so happy for. And then afterwards, he's going to my kids go to Hevra. I have two kids that go to Camp Hevra. Camp Hevra is uh, run out of Chavosheim. It's indoor golding in the middle of oh. in the middle of Yehopetzville. Yeah, yeah. It's also mm-hmm. very, very well-run camp. Yeah, one of my boys was over there one summer. It's, it's. You know what? Listen, listen. Bottom line is that I lived for camp when I was a camp. I was director of camp. I lived for. I used to. I used to count down the days so I could pack up my trunk and pack up my stuff and go to camp. But uh, I was a division head. The best was when they used to have capture the counselor. It was a night activity. You had to catch the counselor. So I was the head counselor. I was assistant head counselor. The highest price was on me. Anybody that would catch me would get the highest price. I was never caught. Never caught. Because you know what I used to do? I used to go into one of the bunks, get into somebody's bed, and go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I would sleep in any random bed. And they go to sleep and so they never think to look in, in the bunk in like bunk Dalit's bed, like some kid's bed, I just go sleep in bed. And, and so then at the end I just get up and I go back and say, Where were you? I was around. <laughs> but uh, you, you're now telling secrets. 
Yeah. Then there was another activity, try and get Simcha Cohen to laugh. And <laughs> and I sit there. Some kids were really funny, and he used to mouse. I used to pick, like, the, the biggest Hazit kid who really needed to get a prize, and he could have been not funny at all. I would laugh just so he could get the prize. And the kids would complain, it's not fair. It's not fair. So I, said, I found him funny, so he can't. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, listen, this is this is memories. Now it's all, no more play. Now it's all uh, serious. But, uh, but listen, only the only thing is, it's hard to be in the city in the summer. It's just not not a pretty place to be, and it's just it's 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 just not uh, not a great place to be. So, whatever. I used to I used to have an office in Deal, and it was unfortunately very hard. Very hard to have an office and deal because it was on the main street and uh, it just, you know, people didn't have discretion in how they were dressing and it was very difficult. And so I would have to like really, I would have to dive in Brooklyn because I didn't really want to go out to during the day. It was just... I think things have changed by now, probably, maybe. That was a long time ago. But uh, anyways, the number is 718-683-5858, just in case you forgot. Um, uh, we, don't, we didn't hear from Blazer Diamond. I, I, I know he texted me. Yes. And uh, they texted me that he's, he's, he's going to call in, I think. But uh, I hope everything's okay. Let's see. You know, everybody, so many people to the regent and everything. Yeah. Was, I, you know, I just myself come back from uh, from Lakewood, you know, taking my kids over there. For, so, for her, for her. For her. Yeah, for for which yeshiva? Believe me, I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> I told my kids, listen, I'm not going to choose yeshiva. Nothing. It's your decision. Don't tell me. I, well... I can't say I'm the same. I I I took my kid for for hair. I che- I checked the yeshiva, but if if they, they find it right, and they think because otherwise, oh, Abba said you said like this. No, no. I just choose yourself. Took them for a few yeshiva, what I like, I liked. I told them, but it's their decision. I just the main thing that I need for yeshiva is midot. Yes. For me, it's midot. I need it to have. I need a yeshiva that has midot. Yeshiva that 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 is going to teach my children the right way to act. That's what I need, and of of course, of course, yeshiva that's learning. I don't like these these half half baked yeshivas where they have, you know, where the, I want my kids to be serious in learning, but um, I, I want and they have to teach the kids midot. That's the most the most thing most important thing. You know, oh. I guess you're talking about midot. Okay, what is the thing that's very important, in my opinion, in, in the yeshiva, of, oh, it's, it's very Who cleaning the yeshiva? So... We spoke about so many... In the same, the same with the camp, with sleepaway camp. I can tell you a story that happened to me in my yeshiva. There was... It, it all goes in the attitude. So I, I had... I used to 
save the yeshiva money, and every Friday I would clean the base medish. I would do the floors. I would put the uh, laser. Laser. Yeah. It couldn't start without you. We were asking for you. Thank you very much. Uh, um, I'm just saying, it's summer's coming. We're having a good time. But yeah. one thing, don't forget, Hashem the world. That's right. Yeah, but Hashem, because a lot of people out there when it comes summer, That's you don't right. think about it. So. That's right. That's right. But you know what? You got to think about it. Come along when you enjoy life. You can draw a life. What do you have to think about? Think about a for one minute. 100%. What are you doing this summer, Laser? I'm going to Camp Rain. Beautiful. Camp Rain. Because all my answers have a program that's so. Beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful camp. And what about you? I go to a bungalow colony in the mountains, and I'm here in Brooklyn. I, I, I wish I could go to camp. My dream is to be a camp oh, but counselor. But where, your kids go? My kids go to Romamu. And oh, so, Rome is a very good camp. Yeah, and and the Chavra, Camp Chavra. Yeah, I know. I, all right, take it, Dr. Sinclair. Great, have a sweet night, and uh, should be blessed 128. This is awesome. Amen, amen, you too. Mm-hmm. So happy you called. Okay, Sadi, take care. Oh. But uh, we cannot start the show. No, you can't, you can't, you can't. Oh. So, so I, 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 I was telling a story. But I forgot my story. I was telling <laughs> a story. I forgot my story. I'm sorry. No, but um, but I I whatever. We talk about about the cleaning stuff. Oh the yeah. Items. Okay. So there was a story that happened in my yeshivas. I used to clean the base measures. That was my thing. Someone was hoshed that the lady that was cleaning stole. So he was from the mentality that he was I don't know what so he put a $20 bill underneath his slipper and he left it in the morning then he came back in the middle of the day and it was gone so he went he found the lady he took her he brought her to the mashkiach and he said Ganef Ganef the mashkiach started to cry I'm a witness, started to cry. So I said, why are you crying? I didn't understand. I didn't ask, but I was learning. He said, you don't understand what you did. He goes, I'll tell you exactly what happened. He said, she came to me. Today was payday. She came to me last night, and she asked me if I could advance her $20, the amount of $20, Shkalim, for... Her son needed medicine, certain cream, because he had burned. It was expensive. If I could give it to her in the morning, she could buy it for him, go, give it to him, and then come back to Yeshiva. I forgot, he said. I saw her. I said, I'm going to give it to you at the end of the day. I forgot. I forgot to bring it. I could give it to you at the end of the day. I bet you she went. She saw it there. She said, I'm going to take it. For sure, the rabbi is going to give it to me at the end of the day. I'm going to run and I'm going to give it, put the money back. The yeshiva bachrim never went back to the apartment. This apartment was further from the yeshiva. These boys never went to the yeshiva, back to the apartment during the day. They would leave at 7.30 in the morning. They would come at like 8, 9.30 at night. So she said, for sure, I'm going to put it back. She said, that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. 
said, I, I, I had, I just, I, I took the medicine, I ran, and he wanted to throw the boy out of the yeshiva. He said, I'm going to throw you out of the yeshiva. To test another, to do such a thing, test another Jew like that, it just, it, it was such a, it was such a horrible experience. I'll never forget. Wow, this is really an amazing story. And what I remember was the shmuas that the rabbi gave about how we need to understand that the people, first of all, the zechut of this woman, that she's able to clean a yeshiva for B'nai Torah, the woman must have tremendous zechuyot. Must have tremendous zechuyot. Not everybody gets to have such a job. Some people clean offices. Some people clean zoos. This woman cleans for B'nai Torah. He said to test people, we never want to be in that position. Ever. I'll never forget that. I want to tell you something. This, this, I, we had, we had uh, in, 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 in one of the shuls, let's say this, uh, suspicions that somebody take from the, the pushkas. Right. And uh, it was, was a question if to put cameras or not. I, I, I was very against I was very against it because it's not it's not uh, something if somebody take. But uh, during the years, I found that unfortunately, the goyim coming in. Aye. So we 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 stop it, you know. But uh, it's really uh, something that uh, very you know we put one time with uh, two two go same goyims you know that going all around the neighborhood. And going to the synagogues just to pick up the pushkas. So it's 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 so scary. But I just had a different story. I was outside of Mountain Fruit, and there's a person standing there collecting money. So someone tells me she's not Jewish. I gave her a quarter. So she's not Jewish. So I said, okay, so what? So so what are you giving her for? So I told them the one hundred percent truth. I gave this woman because, you know, it makes me feel good that the non-Jews are understand that if they stand outside the, the Jewish places, they'll get money. <laughs> the Jews give money. To me, this was a good feeling that they know we're Bahamanim. They know that we give money. They know if someone passes and they say, help me out, nobody's going to be able to resist. And how many times I pass in Manhattan... A, a black person, a Puerto Rican person, asks for change. I always give them. I always give. And I you know always what? Give. The black people are very spiritual. They say, "That's uh, you've chosen people." Yes. <laughs> they say you've chosen people. I say you damn right. Excuse me. You're right. <laughs> That's right. But you know, but you know, it, it's it's. There was an almana that worked in yeshiva. Imagine this story. She made aliyah with her husband from Israel, from America. They move into a new neighborhood. The first week they're in the neighborhood, they did not meet anybody. She has boxes in her house. Her husband died. Died. She's sitting on boxes. Nobody's giving her shiva. No one knows her. She's new. We found out about her. So Rabbi Ratman, the Mashkiach in Merkaz Torah, hired her. Hired her to do all sorts of jobs. She really wasn't very successful in any of them. So it came out at the end, she was in charge of putting the food out. And she was so careful to put the food out, she would put it out very early to make sure that it was all out. 
when you're eating lunch, schnitzel, like 20 minutes early, by the time you get down there, it's not, not exactly what you want. So we had a rule in the yeshiva, no one was allowed to say anything negative to her. Well, she was an almanamamash, a widow. And this was an unspoken rule. The new bachrum came in, we would tell them, you must always just be thankful and that's it and finished. And you know something? There was one, one, one yeshiva bachra that said something that made her upset. Three big guys, three big guys picked up his chair and carried him out of the dining room and said, you can't eat here anymore. And, and it was a, 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 a it was a, a it was a, 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 a Misa. But, um, you know, this is, I think that the best way to teach Midot is example. Yes. That's the only way. This is the way I learned most of the things in my life was by watching my parents. From watching the Gedolim, watching people. Seeing. And if you, if you don't have the chance to, to watch them, just read about them. That's right. You know, That's it's very right. important to read, you know, Sipuret and Tzadikim. See how they were and uh, what they did. What kind of thinking, what kind of ideas, you know, that's unbelievable, you know. You know, they have the, the notes from Rav Steinman's office when people go in. So they have Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky went to visit Rav Steinman like six months ago. And Rav Steinman asked Rav Shmuel, what's going on in America? And Rav Mul said, we're still, this was six months after the Sassoon fire, so we're still not getting over the tragedy in America. And this is the G'dolei Ador. This is what's on the mind of Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky in Philadelphia, who never, never, never had any shayachut with this family. But to him, the tragedy, and this is what the G'dolei Ador are talking about. This is, you know, I, I, I spoke about uh, Sunday about Parashat Sabura and about Moshe Rabbeinu. You know, he felt every single moment in, from yeah. every single person in, from Israel. You know, yeah. from Am Israel. And you know, he, he couldn't say it. He reached a point he couldn't take it anymore, right? Yeah. So he's like, what do you say? Nivud echpatni. You know, caring, caring, yeah. caring. Yeah. And what the said, give me seventy people, seventy people, and I will. Basically, Hatzil Mimcha, from you Kernet to these seventy people, you right. know, not from a Kadosh Baruch from you Kernet. From this, this is something to, to, to but this, look. You know, this is why I went out of therapy. This is why I don't do it so much anymore. I, I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. It was too. I couldn't sleep at night. It was too overwhelming. I became so obsessed with the, the problems, and they were on my mind that it just was. But you know something, Hashem is so good. I had a case I had to drop four years ago. I couldn't help him. I couldn't help him. And I didn't know what happened to him. There were legal issues involved. And he, he I, once there were legal issues involved, I couldn't help him. He needed to go. He needed to deal with what he dealt with. I always wondered what happened to him. I never knew. And I wonder if I could ever just find out. But I couldn't ask because it wasn't proper. Two days ago, I was thinking about this guy. This is today in Penn Station. I walked through Penn Station. I missed a train. I got a train. I passed this guy in Penn Station. What are the chances? And he stopped me. 
And he said hello to me, and he updated me, and he said, this is the chesed from Hashem. Sometimes he, they, they, they allowed me that, 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 that it validated me. It made me feel, okay, you know what? Hashem is giving me, Hashem is machshiv what I'm doing. On everything, there's no question about it. If we want to see it, if, yes, if if I uh, you know what I would say, if we want, if we have the ability to see it, right? You know, because a pokeach ibrim is not on um, the open eye, you know, the open blind people. No, it's not. It means it's not, it's not the meaning of enlighten the eyes. Pokeach ibrim is enlightened. Yeah. You know, you know what I want to say? I have something I decided I want to say. Now everybody's taking regions and tests. Okay. Yes, it's very important. Yes, it's important to have the knowledge. It's important to do the work and to understand the work. It's all the thing. But I want to tell you that there's nothing that's in the world that is in any way more advanced than the Torah. Nothing. And you learn the sophisticated knowledge, but the bottom line is it's important knowledge, but there's nothing that's more sophisticated and more more advanced in every way than the Torah. And sometimes you find people that try and make the Torah fancy and make the Torah sound more intellectual and this and that. Torah doesn't need that. Doesn't need. It doesn't need the the endorsement of the outside world. You know what it's like. It's like a a doctor who invents a tremendous cure, and someone says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's true because I saw it in an Archie comic. <laughs> I saw it in the comic book that they had that cure. So I know your cure is right because I read about it in the comic book." You read about it in the comic book, that's why it's right. That's ridiculous. I invented it. So it mentions it in a comic book. So when you say that 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 intelligence, a university course says something that makes sense, you say, oh, that's where the Torah got it from? Hello? That's like retarded. That's like saying the comic book taught taught, taught the doctor. So it's important. The knowledge is important. It's important to be able to apply it to support your family, to 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 be intelligent, to to be able to live life in the world, and to to give tzedakah and to to do mitzvot. You can't do mitzvot if you don't have money. But it's not it's not it's not doesn't make a person any better because it's what the Torah is what makes a person better. I had a professor who was one of the most brilliant professors and knowledge you ever could meet in your life. He was such a pig. And you know something? I'm afraid to call him a pig because I think I'm insulting the pigs. Yeah, because I think pigs might get insulted. He was like, he was he was worse than a pig. I, I think that everybody, everyone that was in the university world, I would say that doctor of high education, see it very, very clear. Again, I, I want to say something that everybody thinks, we're talking about science and science and science and all the things. And if you really go into the real science, not like the artificial, so deep real science, and you see how much the science 
and scientists admit it that they don't know nothing. That's right. You know, and uh, it's not, it's not, it's not to be ashamed. You know, I, I, people saying, oh, with well, this uh, formula, it's one by two, one and one and one and two, and and then you, I tell you, one and one, it's ten. It's how come? <laughs> you know, I, I, I can, I can show you, you know, on a paper with Beniarvi, mathematics. You have so many things we don't even understand to to to. And and what is coming? Oh, we're coming with scientific uh, stamps, you know, stamps. And they're they're realizing more and more, especially in the new age, the the thinkers, they they they're coming to the conclusion that 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 there's so much that they don't understand about the world, and the the limitations of their understanding is so enormous, it's so great, and they realize it really. But it takes a brave scientist to say, I don't understand. And also, one thing that, you know, this is what the Kadosh Baruch Hu created, that uh, the Esther, the, 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 the hidden part, right. and it doesn't, uh, Kadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want us to know exactly, you know, what is, and here, it can, here they're coming like the whole confusion of our uh, scientists, you know, people that, But you know what? But the Chachamim didn't have need to tell it to anybody. No, but you know, it's right. But I'm telling you about right now, when we're talking about this kind of situation, talking about other, other, you know, nobody see, nobody changed a word in the Torah, and nobody changed nothing, and this is really the divine information book. Nobody can find any contradiction in the Torah. And people try to find And the other thing is that if the Torah says something and a person thinks that this doesn't make sense, that means that their thinking is wrong. That means the way they're looking at it is wrong. There's nothing to talk about. There's no such thing in the Torah that doesn't make sense. If, if a person has a problem, if a person has a problem, or if a person, if there's a, there's a halakha about something that doesn't sit in a person's brain because they think that that's that's too hard to this that's that that's then their thinking is wrong then their thinking is wrong yeah uh, most likely they don't have the merit to see the truth right. you know and that's uh, it's amazing you know i just you know you see the, you see this picture what's it you see this oh picture? fresh kosher sandwiches oh yeah now this this is also something that is very, very... We, but that's we, just some, uh, some eyeball that put the sign on the wrong shelf. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. This no, is not eyeball. Uh, this is a, a special store that, you know, people thinking that it's kosher. And you're talking about, you know, and, and you're going over there, you see fresh, co uh, fresh kosher sandwiches, and it become like this. It's a, a chicken cutlet with cheddar cheese. And this, this is what happens to our children. Be careful about this kind of stuff. Be I, careful, I, you know. And now they're coming like this. Chachamim, the so-called chachamim, so-called rabbis, call themselves 
You know what? You know what? This is really chutzpah and k'tira, and you know that's cutting the branch that we sit in. There's a very bottom line that we we have to live by, and that is we have to live by masoret. Masoret means our our culture, what we grew up with, and this is the things we see. Moroccans, we have our Masoret. Don't tell me, so now modern day you could do this, you could that, but this, we don't do that. This is, we don't do that. This is the way we are. Hasidim, we don't do that. It's a Chumrah, it's a this, it's that. But this is what we do. This is our way of doing things. The Bnei Torah, we dress this way, we learn this way, we did. So, you know what? I grew up in a city that had no kosher restaurant ever, nothing. Oy vey, and you oy know something? Well, I, that's why I got fat. <laughs> but, but the fact is, we never. My father told us, you can't just walk in. My father was in Hachshari. So you can't just walk into any restaurant that has a symbol on the wall and say, okay, I'm, you know, you can't, it's, it, there's so many things you have to worry about. And... You have to know the person. You have to know more about it. You have to know the hechsher. You have to know the rabbi machsher. So many, so many different things. It's so not simple. And the more complicated, the more difficult. And I'm not saying that. I'm not telling people what to do, what not to do. My father himself, he didn't go like Pesach. Not in a million years would he go away. So there's so many things that go go wrong. Yeah. Then to take the risk. My mother was, thank God my mother didn't mind making Pesach. And take the risk. And you know what? You know, the, 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 I know a very good friend of mine had a pizza store. And what they used to do is the mashkichim for a certain hechsher used to come and check the, the bills, make sure that they're buying kosher cheese. So this guy, owner of the store, he wanted to prove something. He walked over to the driver. He said, hey, can you sell me a, a pad, an empty pad of bills? This guy says, sure, how much, 20 bucks? Give him 20. He bought himself an empty pad of bills. Now he can write up purchase orders for cheese as much as he wants. He can get it from elsewhere. You give idea to some people. Unfortunately, they have yeah. the ideas. But, <laughs> but the, but the fact, and, and you know what? So you say, oh, but it's, a, it, but it's not, the, the people, it's not their fault. But with kashrut, it's not, it doesn't go that way. Kashrut is metamtem alev. Kashrut affects a person's heart. It's like poison that goes in and it affects, it corrodes. It's not. So, you know, kids, kids, it's a big tiger. You see all these things that they want to eat and whatever. It's a very good thing to be very careful what you eat. It's also a very good thing to buy in kosher stores, buy in Jewish stores, Buying stores, you know, the you environment, know. you know, this, you know, don't you don't have to see all this kind of magazine and all this stuff, stuff around it, you. And uh, I, I would say that most important is basically give you a self control. Yeah. You know, self control, this is the all uh, uh, to be a Jewish person, it is self control. And self control with the help of Hashem. Yeah. Hashem helps. Person controls himself, Hashem will help him. It's, it's, it's basically self-control. That's right. That is the bottom line. Um, we can give a phone number again. 718. 618-35858. 718-618. Should I call myself? Yeah. <laughs>
Okay, so, well, it's almost uh, 8.42. So you, you started the program about uh, camp, right? Yeah. Okay. So you, you have, I know that you have some funny stories, but uh, I'm trying, you know, in Israel, is we, we, we have very, very short camp, you know. If, they have, if you're going to camp, it's basically like uh, maximum 10 days. Kaitana, Kaitana. Kaitana, Kaitana, yes. I went to Kaitana when I was a kid. Yeah. My parents sent me to Israel when I was 11 years old. I thought it's because they wanted me to go to Israel. They wanted to get rid of me. <laughs> and how uh, it was? I was it, it changed my entire life. I went for two months. Really? I was in to, Israel two months? Ketana? I, I spent by my sister. My sister oh. Miriam lived there. My brother-in-law was in Kolel. He was in Havadis, Kolel. And it's been, so my brother-in-law used to learn all day. I could talk forever. So... His rule was, if I came home, if I kept quiet for dinner, I'd get dessert. So if I talked during dinner, I didn't get dessert. Okay. So one time, I was taking a bus, and my, her apartment was near Tahran Merkazi. So I was taking a bus, and I got on the bus in the wrong direction. And it wasn't going to Tahran Merkazi, it was going to Harat Sofi. <laughs> So I said... What is 25 for the land? I don't remember. It was, it was 40 years. Four, okay. it, was, it was more than 40 years ago. It was 45 years ago. No, 40 years ago. So, I, so, so I'm going. So I said to Nahag, where is this going? So Tachanam Merkazi. He goes, no, 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 no. Harat Sofim. So I said, I have to get off. So he tells me, no, you can't get off here. You can't get off here. I said, no, I need Sarich Lared. I need Sarich Lared. Got off. I got off in the middle of Sheikh Jarrah. Oh. <laughs> I was sitting there in this Arab neighborhood. This Arab neighborhood. I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden, I look around. There's this little chubby boy with tzitzit and a kippah in the middle, full of smelly Arabs. There were more flies in that area than I ever saw in my entire life. And I walk over to somebody. I say, is this bus to Tachan Merkazit? So he says, yes. So I'm waiting there. I'm waiting by this bus like a good little boy. And some lady, Hashem should bless her, walks over to me and says to me, boy. Why are you waiting at Zbaz? I say, I'm going to Tahran Magazine. No, the Zbaz, go Habron. No, this is Zbaz with Tahran Magazine. Habron. He's Zbaz over there. This guy was sending me to Habron. It's probably to be somebody's lunch. Who knows what? So I'll never forget. I remember a lady. She's saying, she's So I come home at night and there was a good dessert. <laughs> so I wasn't going to talk. So I, my sister served soup. I said, Oh, I'm so glad there's a good dessert, so I won't tell you about Sheikh Zarah. <laughs> no, tell me whatever it is. Sorry, I have to wait till I eat dessert. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I tell you, but it's, it's, it's totally different. It was 40 years ago then, you know. Totally different. Uh, totally different. I, I used to walk over there uh, all day, all the time, Sheikh so, Zarah. You know, I, I used to go, I used to, we, we, we used to go to Shechem. Yeah. We used to go. We used to. We used to go all. all we used to go all over. All over. All over. Bethlehem, Hebron, and uh, you know, my 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 daughter born in Israel, so it was Shabbat, and my wife said, "Okay, I'm starting feeling." You know, it was five o'clock in the morning. I said, "You know what? Let's see how it's going." And instead, we start. Let's. We left. In, we lived in uh, Agrippas. You know, ah. Neuda. Wow. I said, let's let's walk. Let's start walk. To which hospital? To Arat Sofim. Arat Sofim, wow. So you know what? You know, we did the young, young couple. It's a start walking to Arat Sofim. You know, we go. 
Yeah, and we we took the the long road, long way, because said we we take, if we need chasvachel taxi or something like this, we can stop in you know right. in, the, in the so we start walking and walking walk so and go to the police over there and then we go we coming to Shkonat Tzarfatit you know Givat Tzarfatit Givat Tzarfatit we had Givat Tzarfatit. And I, I come over there and give out Safatit and said, I had a friend over there. So I said, we go to the hospital or my friend? I said, let's go to my friend. So right. we sit in the friend, you know. It's a walk of basically 12 hours almost, you know. Wow. We were like slowly, slowly, slowly we sit in my friend. And then she said, okay, let's go. It's Mosa Shabbat, one o'clock. <laughs> we gave a birth oh to my, my daughter. I was like, I, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I found walking in Shalayim it's, it's was a, like on clouds. Yeah. I never, I never, I used to walk from Bais Bagan to Talpiot. I used to walk all, I used to walk all over. Yeah, you know what? You you start develop kind of mass muscles that you don't you don't believe right. it. You know, right. it's the front the front uh, you know muscles in the leg. You know, that's right. Yeah, this is this muscle that always because you're going up and down and the stairs yeah. and all the hills. But it, it's really, uh, you can walk hours. Hours, hours. you hours. don't feel the, the walking over there. Nothing. We used to go to the Kotel Friday night. We used to take an Arab taxi to the Kotel, and then we used to walk home through Shahar Shechem. Uh, a lot of times Friday night. We used to walk through. And you know what? The Arabs were afraid of us. Yeah, you know, we, we used to sit in Shahar Shechem, taking the coffee and the Nargila. <laughs> and, and you know what? They, You know, I remember when... When did the Intifada start? When Ehud Barak introduced into the Knesset the idea to vote down the use of the yeah yes yes definitely definitely he introduced it it was a it was a huge 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 issue he said they're going to start talking about drafting the issue voice that year. You know, I, people don't realize that every single that happened to Israel, every single stuff that happened is connected to the Torah. You know, mm-hmm. and you see the second intifada or, or uh, uh, Gaza, this, it was the same week. The, the, the first, you know, Miftah um, uh, in Shlomo Galil, you know, 82. Yeah. The first week was the gay parade in, in Yerushalayim. It's 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 unbe- unbelievable connection with everything. Everything what happened to us is connected to our Torah. And if we are really uh, accepting the Torah or not, you know. You but know what? Uh, the every every year, the parasha on Yom Ha'atzma'ut is Yeah. We read, if you don't keep, the land will throw you out. And and the truth is that. I, it's so hard for me to any Jew that's living in Israel, any Jew that's living in Israel is being mekayim a mitzvah. If they, if they, if they, you know, except you have like the the crazy liberals, you have some crazy mshugaim liberals that, that that, but they have an identity as a Jew. They feel like Jews. It's a very big. It's a very important thing. It's not, I I happen, I happen to love Israelis. I love Israelis. I, I just think, I just I do, I do. I I I I, I just 
they're just they they they're of a different breed. They're Moshe Nefesh on different levels and and, and uh, whatever. That's just my feelings. That's just my feelings. And you know what? They have a hard life. It's not easy over there. It's not easy for them. But uh, I'm wondering how many kids get to go to Israel as kids. You know how many kids like get get to go to Israel as as youngsters. You know a lot a lot of the lot, a lot of the kids get to go, but but. It's not so. It's it's it's. Hello. My dream, my dream is to live in Israel, but right now it's not happening. We have a caller. No. So yeah, I, uh, I think that many many of dreams, you know, hopefully that uh, one day will be achieved. You know. Well, I'm gonna live in Israel because Mashiach's gonna come, and, yeah, and I, 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 I will not have a real estate problem. Yeah. My wife and I went to Rav Gamliel Rabinovich. This was twelve years ago. Okay. So we're in Israel, and we're arguing the whole time. I'm telling my wife I want to live in Israel. I showed her I can make, I have a job here, I can make a living, this and that. I said, this school, that school. She didn't want to live. I said, and we're arguing, I mean arguing, we're, we're bickering back and forth. And this is like every every time we see another, look at that beautiful house, we could live, we could live there. So we walk into Rav Gamliel Rabinovich, who's a, Ishmael Fursam is a, is a is yeah, yeah. He never met us ever. The first thing that comes out of his mouth is he says to me, <laughs> He said, Stop arguing with your wife. You have no right to live in Israel. So I, 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 I was caught off guard. So I said, Why did you say that to me? It's a Lama Amara Rabbi. So I love him because he's so, he goes, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I came and felt like saying it. Because why don't you tell me why I said it to you? So I told him, that's what we're arguing about for four days. He goes, well, that's why I said it to you. So I said, what does that mean? How does the rabbi tell me? I don't have a to live in Israel. What if I want to live here? So he asked me a few questions. He goes, Kanre, you have to be in America for whatever reason. You have to be there. They need you there. You need to be there. I said, okay. I said, and what if I don't want? So you know what he answered me? He said, you think I want to be talking to you? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I do my job. You do your job. That's it. You, I don't want to talk. I want to sit and learn. And I'm stuck here talking to people like you. It's my job. Yes. You know, I was almost on the way to Israel, you know, just almost 10, ten years ago. Wow. Really, I just said, I, I, I must go. Really, I couldn't take this. Aye. And um, they didn't let me. Aye. I could, such a terrible galut. Yeah, they didn't let me. That's such a terrible galut. Yes. Yeah. So how long has it been since you've been in Israel? Now I was, uh, I think, six years ago. Wow. Five years, six years ago, yeah. But um, it's, it's the last time I was in uh, my grandson, my grandson, Brit, and this wow. was. Wow. It's unbelievable. Do you know what? Who were you last time? I went this year. Oh, yeah? After, after 12 years. Oh. I didn't go 12 years. I went. I had to go. 
I had I had to someone to charge you by the way. My wife and I needed to go. We could, we had to we had to ask certain questions. We had to we had to. And we went to Harazitin, to my father. So I can't go up because I'm a Kohen. So we, it's dangerous. So my father's buried all the way up on top, Mul or Kadosh, Mamash. To get there is a big trek. Yeah. So the Chavak Hadisha, the rabbi, he brings me in in the in the in the van where they bring the dead bodies, mm-hmm. and he goes up with my wife. So. He tells me, he says, you know, I said, so you're leaving me down here alone in the van? So he goes, yeah. He goes, it's not safe. I said, so what should I do? He goes, well, here's a gun. He gives me a gun. I'm about it. What am I going to do with a gun? I know I shoot a water gun. Then he tells me, the funny thing, he goes, lie down in back on the stretcher. <laughs> They'll think you're dead and they're not going to bother you. I'm telling you, for 45 minutes, I was lying on the stretcher <laughs> where dead people lie. It was the longest 45 minutes of my life. I said my whole life, oh my gosh, this is what it's like. Oh, you think? It's like, it was really, really, it was, it was experience. It was experience. This experience. It was a really crazy experience. I was afraid they weren't, I, that took them so long, I was afraid they weren't going to come down. I you know what? I appreciate my wife's Monsieur Nefesh to go see my father, but it was it's very, very scary. It's a, I know that right now they're working on a project over there, putting cameras and all this around this security. Yeah. It's But you know what? But what is it gonna help because an Arab wants to do something? No, they but yeah, but they have more more uh, you know, uh, I would say security uh, right. uh boots over there and stuff like this. At the time, you know, they, there was nobody there. It was the middle of the day, and we went. But, uh, but it was, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. It's, you know, I, there's a book called O Jerusalem that gives the history of the, the, the time period from like 1940 up until the Melchemet HaShichrur, and right afterwards. It's written so well, the history, and when you read the history, and then you walk through the streets of Yerushalayim, and you see the buildings, you see the, 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 uh, uh, you know, you see the building, right, Mul, not, it was not for it's there, where they have the, the where, where the, um, where the, the Ben-Gurion came out, and announced the, 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 Proclamation that they signed the things, and you see, you see, still bullet holes. You see, it's, it's a crazy thing. Uh, I tell you that I think that uh, for me as as an Israeli guy, you know that uh, I remember after Shesh Tamim of Six Day War, we went to the Kotel to the Yerushalayim. You know, everybody went over there, and you see that the old house, like the Kotel. Or the Choma, right. it was part of a build of houses right. of the Arabs. You could see the ceramic tiles glued on the Choma. Yeah, on the Choma, there was part. They, 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 when we came over there, we took all these um, houses out. The Kotel was a narrow, narrow alley, teeny weeny, narrow alley, 
that basically people was to dump over the, the garbage. Right, and only a few people knew that, knew where it was. It used to be Rabbi Hashemim used to go sneak over there to pray. They yeah, no, they, but, but no, they came back to and and then uh, since I think in the Rashash, everybody knew the Kotel, and uh, but it was tough with restriction, and you can't, you know, it was the the Jewish quarter, that it was all the time Jewish over there. Yeah, all the time. But then after forty eight. The Jewish left the, the Yerushalayim, uh, this old, old Attica, right. the old my, city. My grandfather came in 1919 to Yerushalayim, and he took apartment Mul Hakotel, right in that area, had a small apartment. And that's where they lived. When he was in Moroccan, he said, I don't want to see you in Yerushalayim. He, he never left Yerushalayim from 1919 to 1970. When he died, he never left Yerushalayim. And all my uncles were shohatim. He made everybody be shohatim. And the family, they all, kwanim, muhanim. Yeah. All right. That's a wrap. Have a good week. Good luck on your tests. And thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Dr. Rabbi Simcha. And let's continue our regular programs. <laughs>